Hey, boys and girls, thanks so much for tuning into the Big Honker Podcast. Hunting season is getting close. Getting close. August is winding down. Yeah, it's hard to believe you're talking about hunting when your ball's sweating hot outside. But we're almost there. Yep. And if you're still looking for that great hunt this fall and winter, look no further. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Come with us. www.stanfieldhunting.com. Got take care of you on anything you want. Uh, waterfowl, dove, duck, hog, pheasant, deer. You name it, we can take you up and put, put you on the birds, the animal, whatever you want to do. Holler at us. we got some specials. I'm going to have some October pheasant and dove specials come in. $250, do an afternoon dove hunt, spend the night, breakfast, next morning do a pheasant hunt for $250. And that's a four-gun minimum on that hunt. I can do that in September and October. I've got some dates left in November, not a lot for waterfowl hunting. I can do some duck hunt still in Texas and in Oklahoma. So anyways, look us up at stanfieldhunting.com, and that's 940-658-3172. Thank you. Well, you even ended with a little thank you. How I'm nice. Trying to change my ways, Andy. This podcast is also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industry. The best. The best silhouettes on the market. Got the new skinny shirt. That's right. That's a good looking t-shirt. Good looking hashtag. They've, been have, they've, uh, they've had that in the bag for quite a while. Um, can't say enough about Dive Bomb. They're what we use every day. Seven days a week. They pass the torture test. Rain, snow, sleet, mud, whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, the stake system is just the greatest. The bags, they pack up. Can't say enough about them. They're kicking ass is what they're doing. Go to divebombindustries.com. Go with the numbers this year, guys. Big numbers of decoys means more birds in your bag. Divebombindustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Only takes one. It only takes one. They're changing the game. Business is back in style. Everybody's coming out with their own bismuth line, but remember that the guys at Boss brought it to you first, and they made it better, quite frankly. All made in America, Brandon Sarecki and the guys over there. I shouldn't say guys because Meg's over there. Kicking ass, taking names. They had a great great weekend at, at uh, Game Fair, so absolutely great. Uh, only takes one, like Jeff said. They're copper plating all of their BBs. Holds a denser pattern. More BBs on target. No shotgun shell boxes either. That's right. That's right. They're just innovative. Innovative is the word. Go to BossShotShells.com or call them. You might not get off the phone with them because they can talk. They know their shit. But uh, get your shotgun shells for this year because it's coming up quickly. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Best spinners on the market. Waterproof. Yeah, you can't shoot field mallards without some spinners. Lucky Duck's the way to go. And if you're shooting field mileage, you know, not a whole lot of water, which is even better. But, yeah, go to uh, LuckyDuck.com, get all of the spinners. The more spinners, the better. Like Jeff said, if you're hunting those field mallards or field ducks, you need at least a half a dozen spinners. Lucky Duck can hook you up. LuckyDuck.com, the way to go. We're also brought to you by 737. The boys in Oklahoma making that duck call just sweet, sweet sound. Direct to your door. No more big box stores or anything like that. You go straight to them. They send you a duck call the next day. Color combos, all kinds. They can etch what you want on there. They got logos they can put on there. They'll take care of you. I blow the old number one. Not right there. Should be enough for everybody else. <laughs> what, what's that little? Hmm, Endorsed for? by Jeff. That's right. Se- Seven thirty-seven duck calls. You can pick out what you want. Only call I've ever endorsed. That's right. Only ever. company that would ever let me endorse their call. It really, <laughs> really is. But yeah, 737duckcalls.com, and they can get it out to you 
Great customer service. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. All of our guys, all of our sponsors, folks, great customer service will take care of you. Every one of them. Uh, we're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. There's no more sense. There's no sense at all to set a decoy spread out in the dark. Modern technology, put the put these lights everywhere. Put them on your truck, on your trailer. Light it up. Turn that switch on and light that puppy up. That way you can see exactly what you're doing. No more... That's the, you know that's the number one cause of breaking your decoys is tripping over them. Turn on those lights, you're saving decoys that way. Think of it that way, saving your investment. SeaLightLEDs.com, they're what we use. Put them on your trailer, folks. There ain't nothing worse than having a bunch of guys with headlamps blinding each other. Set up on the the trailer, they're up in the air a little bit. It shines down on like being in a football stadium. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics, also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. Last but not least, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas wine. Good wine. I like wine. Williamandchriswines.com. Pick whatever, you know, whatever Chris has got made at the time. You can pick it. He'll ship it to you. They're the best. I love it. Good Texas wine, or if you're at HEB, Whole Foods, Central Market, any of those types of places, you can find it there. But yeah, williamandchriswines.com, great stuff if you're a wine drinker. Even if you're not a wine drinker, it can turn you into a wine drinker. Williamandchriswines.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, hunting season is getting close. Everybody is uh, getting ready to start. So what we're going to do is we're going to circle back to some of the kind of how-to aspects of waterfowl hunting. In this episode, we're going to talk about scouting, the most important thing that you can do to ensure a successful hunt the next day or that evening. And it's one thing that guys don't like to do. It's one thing that guys, I think, overlook quite a bit. Uh, but every decision that you make comes from scouting. So we're going to talk, uh, talk about kind of how we do things here and what you can do to ensure a great hunt the next time you go out. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast from the Stanfield Hunting Outfitters Big Honker Lodge. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. You're going to have to excuse our noise. We are in full get shit done mode around here. Two days out and all hands on deck, That's, minus Jeff. Well, what do you mean by that? My office looks excellent. You, you have not contributed too much to this process. 
That hurts. That hurts so bad. Edward, we are joined by the head's groundkeeper, Mr. Ed House. Or should I use an alias? Uh, it's Ed today. It's Ed today. Yeah. Right. You, you ain't got no ex-wives going to come at you for alimony or nothing because they're on here, are you? No, but... You scoot pull, up a little pull, closer Pull to that a little closer. Pull that a little closer to you. About a fist away. There you go. Nope, but maybe child support. I don't know yet. Some child support you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're all grown, aren't they? Uh, no. The ones you know about? Yeah, that for sure are. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a chance maybe out there somewhere you have some more children. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, about the last week and a half, we've been going full bore around here. Yep. Getting rooms ready, getting the grounds nice and neat. How are things looking? Give us an update on the lodge. I think this year we're uh, more organized. Really? It looks, it looks better, and it's done a lot quicker and easier than it has been going in the past. Do you think so. that – I think the the addition of you – how long have you been here now? Four years? Five? This, this, this be my fifth year. Your fifth year. Yeah. I think you have been a huge asset to us around here, and you know where everything's at. Yeah, maybe, yeah. What do you mean maybe? Well, if you don't get moved. If you don't get moved. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's the biggest – Problem for you to work with, Dad or Tony? Oh, your dad's problem. It's, it's Tony. Dad's not a problem. Between them two, yeah. Between the two, yeah. yeah. Now I'm not an issue, am I? Oh no, no. Yeah. Stays out of your way. He doesn't leave I his see, office. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I let you do your job, Ed. I know that's right. And I don't yeah. bother you none. Yeah, but you need to be, you know, what uh, details are details. That's right. That's so, yeah. so, so, Dad is an issue, but Tony is. Yeah. Okay. Who is right more, Tony or Dad? Your dad. Dad is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you saying that because dad's in here and oh, Tony's no, not? No, it's truth. Yeah. 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 Now you and Tony argue a lot. No, we don't. Yeah, I'll do something. I've heard <laughs> y'all argue. <laughs> no, not really. Well, you ain't heard nothing yet, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite guy that works for us? Me. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His poor dog didn't wag his own tail. That's right. Other than you, who's your favorite guy? I guess because you, because you signed the check, so. Well, I don't guide no. though no more. <laughs> Which of the guys are the most organized no, about getting all their shit done? Andy Blaker's act. I say Andy. Andy's the best about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he sticks ahead the night ahead, and maybe wants to load up and sit out five o'clock in the morning. And so that, that. Yeah. So he doesn't live for the moment like Blake and Zach is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of all the guys we've had here, who's been the biggest pain in the ass? Brett. Brett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you, would you used to call him? Oh, oh, sure shot. Sure, sure shot. shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, sure shot. I don't know what his name last year was running the heavy first or second there. Oh, Gunner. Gunner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was confused. He didn't know really what's going on. So you could tell. Yeah. Pretty early <laughs> that he was going to have a tough time. So let's, you want to talk about you for a little bit? No, no. I've got things to do, go do. It's getting <laughs> hot out there. I'm going to go get done. So. Triple you, digits. It's 100 degrees right now. That cool, that cooling well, off period only lasted about two days. I didn't know that if you want to tell me. Now it feels really hot. I know. <laughs> so. You know, you and Blake are the only people that's ever worked here that used to mail strip. Oh, Blake was one too? Well, no, but I was trying to make Blake feel better. Oh, uh, well, they got him up there at Grand Island. For, for big boys like Blake? Uh, well, I didn't go see the male, but I went to see the female. <laughs> Have you seen some big girl male stripper or female oh, yeah. strippers? Though? Oh yeah, yeah. Big ones. Do, yeah. do they make much money? You think? Uh, I don't know, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah, they make. Uh, 
Yeah, the big girls do? Yeah. Get paid by the pound or what? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't give me a start on this. might be live. <laughs> so be getting, I'll be getting blocked on Facebook next <laughs> That's why he gets blocked so much. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. You don't think about what he says. <laughs> no. I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm going to get some phone calls on this one. Well, you know, Ed, everybody remembers you that comes here. They always ask about you. Oh, you're you're a fixture around here. You you do a good job. We appreciate you. And Thank you. Ed, Ed don't like pe- people telling me they love him. I love you like a brother, and you're a good well, guy right here. Usually tells me ditto. Ditto. Tell my woman, too. Oh, well, thank you. Makes me feel better. Ditto. Well, you got anything else you want to say before we get off here? Uh, Yeah, it's hog season. We've got hog hunts. Always with the pigs. You're always wanting to push them big hunts. Oh, that's because you make that extra money on cleaning. I've got to work for my tips. That's about it. You got to come down see us. You ready for it to cool off? Oh, yeah. God, me too. It's a hot son of a bitch. All right, Ed, we appreciate you very much. I put you on Instagram. You got an Instagram, don't you? Yeah, but I can't get into it since my tablet. Oh, that's right. And, and I got 17 messages now I need to get. You got to get more minutes on that bad boy. And 17 minutes won't go far. Well, I can't get on Instagram on my phone. Oh. But I, but it shows Instagram Notifications? And, yeah, my notifications. And it says I got 17. We'll order you uh, another tablet today. When I get off here, we'll order you a tablet. Uh, Head goes through tablets and phones more than anybody I've ever known in my entire life. And, and yeah, it's about time for a new phone, too. That's but, about, but I got one back up already. That's about two months old. No, this is... It's not much older than that. It's four months old. Was it four months? That's a record. You know, Ed, you've went through phones. You got through tablets. You get your story and a half on all your shit you use. You use the shit out of it. But you still use the old-fashioned flip phone now. Oh, yeah. yeah. You had you, We bought you a smartphone. How long did it last? Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Back to flip phone again. Yeah. <laughs> They need to make a flip phone that's like a smartphone. It just has a case that flips over on the top of it would help. Yeah, so, or something more durable. Like this, I dropped it three times yesterday. <laughs> you know, and it's still kicking, but, yeah. All right, well, fa- look, folks, that's the famous Ed House. He's a normal here. You hear us talk about him on the podcast all the time. We appreciate you for joining I'll in. All right, all right, thanks for it was, you know, you're our toughest. You, you've been our toughest guest to get in here to, to well, sit down with us. I'm, I'm so busy. I understand. Yeah, we so got to get these. In, we got to get our request request in ahead of time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, we appreciate you slumming and talking to well, us. Do you listen to the podcast ever? Just if you're in truck with Tony or me? Uh, I used to a lot, but here lately I haven't been. You haven't been. You don't find it that interesting? Well, it's just my tablet. Oh, is there anything we need to work on? You think on our on the podcast? Not off the bat. I have to do some research. I'll get back. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's Mr. Ed House. All right, what's y'all, Mama? <laughs> you can turn that microphone off, Ed. Here, I got it right here. Okay, Andy got it. Andy just turned it off right there. Oh, Edward. Oh, Ed. He's something else. Yep. All right. I might have just messed up. What'd you do? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Did you turn it all off? No. But I hit a button, so we'll see if any of that got. All right, so uh, scouting. We're gonna, we've made a decision. Okay, since we've done so many episodes, we are going to kind of circle back on some topics that guys might have a tough time finding. So 
you know, we're going to talk about decoy setups. It's it, it's getting to be hunting season. A lot of uh, our our podcast has grown uh, a fuckload yes. since we did uh, kind of some of these episodes that revolve around how to kill birds. You know, what to do, what not to do. And we've got a lot of new listeners, a lot of young listeners, a lot of guys that this might be their first waterfowl season. So uh, we want to goose hunting one hundred and one. Talk to them a little bit. So. Today is scouting, and I am going to hang my hat on the statement that scouting is the most important thing that you can do to have a good hunt. More than concealment, more than calling, more than how many decoys you run, scouting is, should be your number one priority. Am I crazy for saying that? No, that's exactly right. And guys cheat on the scouting part, and that's the easiest part, probably. I don't know if it's the easiest part. You just get on the road and you drive. Well, it, I mean. Glass, binoculars, get on a high It's the place. non-fun part. It's kind of the mundane part. See, I enjoy it. Well. But I'm not out in the field hunting, so I guess to me that's my. That's, that's where you get your kicks. Yep. Um, the most important part for scouting is put the miles on and use your glasses. Do a lot of glassing. I mean, find you a high spot, every, every area. Now, see, our, our scouting is different than it is the guys in the further east because they got a lot of trees and even the guys in the west. We don't have a lot of trees here. And so you get on a high spot here, you can see a long way. So find your roost lakes that the birds are coming off of. Find your high point, sit and watch, and watch where they go to. Yeah. And that's the, that's the key. Ducks are harder to scout than, duck, the, ducks are harder to scout than geese are. Because they're so small? They're small. You just can't see them. you got to be – I mean, hell, there's lots of times – We've got within a half mile of field. They're like, oh, shit, there's the ducks right there. We mm-hmm. know we've got a field we're going to hunt. And I'm like, well, I'm going to scout this milo patch over here. It's had birds in it the last two nights, ducks. And go by there at 430, and they're not there at 430, but you come back by at 4, 450, and the sucker's got a swarm of them. But you can't see them until you get right on them a lot of times. Right. Or geese, you can see geese a long time, and there's a lot, a lot of flights usually of them. Ducks fly so high, but you've got to scout um, – I think the biggest problem young hunters use is they overthink shit too much. You know, you, you don't have to be in the middle of the field. Um, if you've got any kind of cover there, take advantage of it and use it to your to your liking. But scout, find a place to hunt. And you always don't have to have birds on your field to shoot birds. Especially ducks. Yeah, if you got ducks on the field behind you and you got the field... Like, let's say there's two fields together, and the ducks are on the south field, but they're coming from the north, and you can hunt the north field, not the south field. Set right up on the north-south border. Stay on your property, and you can shoot your ducks. You know, Lots of spinners. Yes, lots of spinners. That's the key to the whole deal. For ducks. Yes. Uh, you got to have spinners. You know, and scouting, every decision that you make for the hunt the next day or that, that evening, if you're scouting in the morning, is going to come off of what you see scouting. Where the birds were in the field, where the birds are coming from, um, you know, what type of field are you hunting? Is it a crop field? Are the birds eating there, or are they loafing there? Um, that's going to kind of make that could make a deci- that could make a uh, difference on what kind of decoys you run. And some place, some we, we've got some fields here that birds use in the evenings; they don't use in the mornings that much. And then we have fields that are staging fields. We had a wheat field last year that was right off a of roost lake, and they'd stay in this wheat field, and they'd feed out of it and go to our peanut fields. Well, they'd leave the they leave the roost, land, land in the, the wheat, wheat, stay there and get some salad for a little bit, we used to say. 
then get up and go get some peanuts. And they kind of filter off of that yep. wheat filter. Yeah, and that's and and so, you know, that that's the difference. And that can change your hunt on the peanut field because if you hunt the wheat field, then everything's going at once. It's not just stopping and going little by little. It's all going at once. But scouting is the key to that. You have to know that. Just what I guess what I'm trying to say, and I'm talking in circles here. If you see a field at nighttime, you're at work and you can't scout in the morning, but in the evening you see geese the same place every night. Well, you want to hunt them on Saturday morning. But on Saturday morning, they don't come there in the morning, but you go back by Saturday night and they're there again. That's because they just go to that field in the evening. And I've seen that before, mm-hmm. where geese will use a field in the evenings and not in the mornings. So, so hunt that field in the evening time. Yep, exactly. You know, but pay attention. And get, uh, you know, I, it would make sense if you kind, you know, if you're scouting a big area, jot some notes down. You know, what time did they get there? What time did they start flying? What time, it's like Jeff said, if it's, if it's an evening feed and you're there in the morning time, good luck because I would recommend scouting in the morning and evening if you can. Yes. I realize guys work and I realize that's a tough, tough thing to do for everybody. But, you know, it kind of paints a fuller picture. Um, are the birds just there in the evening time? You know, are they going somewhere else in the mornings? Are they going somewhere else in the evenings? Um, so if you can, I would recommend scout in the morning put on the miles and uh we just what we do here is we get our game plan from what we see in the morning time the morning scout is kind of what we go by and then in the evening is just kind of a reassurance type deal you know in the mornings we're hunting so jeff is scouting and then in the evening time we all scout so um jeff gets an idea where we're going to go and then as a group Zach, Blake, Jeff, and I will go out in the evening. Birds are in the same field, and that's kind of where we start making our game plan. And Jeff will tell us that's right where they were this morning, or this morning they were on the opposite end of the field, and then we'll just kind of start scheming from there. So scouting in the morning kind of gives you, like I said, a fuller picture of what's what's really going on. Um, And you can kind of make a better guess on what you need to do the next day. Another thing, too, when if you're scouting for ducks to field shoot ducks, you don't always put all your eggs in the basket of what you see in the morning because ducks feed in the field a whole lot better in the evening than they do in the morning. A whole lot better. A whole different type deal. And I don't, I, I don't know why that is, but have you noticed that, too, Andrew? I think they're a little bit more predictable in the evening time. Uh, mornings, for whatever reason, I've been screwed on a couple morning shoots of ducks. They just didn't show up. They went to a different field. They didn't leave the roost. Whatever happened, but yeah, I'm, I've been burned on several field morning duck hunts. Evening time, it usually seems like they're a little bit more dialed in, and that's just the way it is here. It could be different where you're at, but yeah, the the zero that Blake and I pulled last year on a morning duck hunt, it was cold that morning. the The night before when we scouted it, it was a little bit milder. Had a north wind blow in, and uh, they decided to do something different. And, and that, that could that, just be ducks, too, you know, weather change, and now they, they sit on the water. Or did that afternoon, were they in the field? <clears throat> yeah. And that's what's crazy about it. There wasn't nothing in the morning, and then the afternoon was just covered up again. Oh, you're talking about? That afternoon. Oh, I don't know. We left. We came back to Texas after that. Okay. Huh? Yeah, so I don't know if they were back in that field or not. But we did take a big L. And the birds were in the field the, the evening prior. That's what we scouted. Got the game plan on where to hide. And the next morning we roll up and 
you know, if you're going to get ducks, a lot of times they'll be buzzing around right at shooting light. So 30 minutes before sunrise or sunrise, sunrise. No, 30 before. Yes, 30 minutes before. I get, when you don't do it every day, you start thinking, and that's a screwy law anyway. Anyway, 30 minutes before, gets to be shooting light, you're like, okay. Well, maybe, you know, it's colder. Maybe they'll fly at daylight. And then daylight rolls around. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of cold, so they'll they'll be here eventually. 30 then, minutes after then you're Then before fucked. you know it, yeah, 30 minutes after when, uh, you know, you were planning on being done good or bad, and you still hadn't seen the duck, you're like, well, they fucked us today. So, um, but but definitely, you know, if you're going to duck hunt, I like duck hunting in the evening time. Like I said, they seem a little bit more consistent on hitting that spot in the evening time rather than the morning, for whatever reason that is. But, yeah, there's not a whole lot of loyalties in the morning with ducks. I would love to see a move duck shooting to 30 minutes after at night. Really? Oh, wouldn't you? Mm. How no, many nights have we got I'd done? Be, then I'd be getting in way late. <laughs> so let's run through a scenario here because this is what we get quite a bit. Um, how far is too far if you're going to hunt the edge of the field? You scout them the night before, the birds are in the middle of the field, doesn't offer a good hide, and you want to edge roll them. How far is too far? I would say a quarter mile is pushing quarter it. Quarter mile is pushing it. Yeah, half miles too far. Now, see, a lot of people don't hunt fields the size we do, so that makes a difference. And some of them are hunting bigger, but we hunt a lot of big wheat fields. You know, I'm talking 300 1,000-acre uh, fields, you know, mm-hmm. and you get a 600 acres a wheat, that's a mile away. So I wouldn't be no more than a quarter mile. I think that's a safe estimate. But, you know, hunting hunt the edge is something that I think a lot of people need to try a little bit more of. Get you out of the middle of the field. Get you out of your spread a lot of times. It offers a better hide. I think a lot of guys kind of get nervous whenever they think that, uh, well, the birds are right here, so this is right where we got to be. If you set out enough decoys and you create enough commotion, whether it be with the spinners or flagging or a big goose spread or whatever, you can drag them, like Jeff said, that quarter mile if you need to. Well, I can tell you how this plays out. Merle and Bob are out scouting. Merle's got this field. It's got 500 big geese in it. They've been in it for five days straight, and they land in the middle of the field. And it comes in eights, tens, fifteens, and twenties. they got a good flight, big birds. And... They're going to hunt it, and they've been listening to the podcast. And they're going to hunt the edge because, by gosh, we're going to try it. We're going to try it. And then they get there that night, and then next morning they're like, fuck it, let's just, they want to be in here. And they don't they don't give themselves a chance. Mm-hmm. But they can't hide very good in the middle. They can scoot over a quarter of a mile hunting tumbleweeds, brush, whatever, and hide excellent, mm-hmm. relax a little bit, try it and see how it works, and then you'll like it. It's so much easier to hide. It's so much more forgiving when you hunt an edge. Or if you can... Hide on the edge where the birds are going to fly over regardless. Fly, you know, if they're coming from the east, hide on the east edge row if you can. If you got a south wind, you're, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to Cincinnati side slap them anyway. So yep. hunt on the east end that they've got to fly over. Set your decoy spread up for a south wind and then just hit them on the side. Use your decoys to your advantage. That, 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 and I mean, then you don't have to worry about, you know, because they're going to fly over your decoy spread. If they're coming from the east and you set up on the east side of the field, they're going to fly over you. So you're going to get every bit of traffic that you would if you're hunting in the middle. Just make sure that, you know, 
that your decoy spread is and right. crosswind them bastards if you can. I think I think crosswinded birds work so much better. Because, or not, they don't work better. It's just so much easier to not worry about. They're not focusing on the blind. Right. They're not looking right at you coming in. Right. And I think that makes a big difference. Yes. Cross, mm-hmm. Crosswind them when you can, and that's you know that's something that you need to do to decide ahead of time. And that's this is another thing that a lot of people, um, I think, kind of miss the boat on is you need to get a game plan the evening before on exactly where you are going to set up for your hunt. Find a landmarker, count if you've got pivots in the field, count pivot tires, figure the shit out. Don't count hay bales because a farmer can come in the middle of the night and pick those up. Been there, done that. But get a definitive landmark of, okay, we are going three towers out, three wheels out, and then it's 100 yards or whatever. How many times have we left something on the side of a turn row, whether it be a can, a T-post, anything, a cooler, a chair. I've left out those portable chairs before on a county road one time where we needed to go in at by there and some, some bitch stole it in the middle of the night. Yeah. But still. The night before, figure out where you want to hide. That way, you know, and I understand with spotlights and everything, you get turned around, uh, then you start second-guessing yourself. Put your mind at rest the night before. No, write it down if you got a bad memory. Write it down if you're gonna if your mind's gonna play tricks on you. I'm going I'm going three towers out, hundred yards in, or whatever. Um, and if you're hunting a place that you've never seen before, number one, try not to do it, but don't rely on a pin. Drive it the night before. If you can't get off work and scout, and your buddy says, hey. Um, or you're guiding and your boss says, hey, this is where you're going, here's the pin to it, drive out the night before. Because I have heard some horror stories of boss man dropped me a pin, set up in the wrong field, landowner came out, got in trouble. So make sure you're where you're supposed to be. Even, you know, those pins, they can, for, you know, there. I remember a time where, for some reason, not everybody has an iPhone, don't know why. But if I drop a pin on my iPhone and send it to somebody with a, a Galaxy or whatever, it the navigations is different. Sends them somewhere else. So if somebody sends you a pin, double check that son of a bitch before you go to sleep. Make sure you're where you're supposed to be. That's important if you want to avoid tickets, which most people do. Um, so... We can talk about decoys now. You want me to speak now? You're the duck guide. Huh? You're the guide on this. I can tell you what my thoughts are on decoys are. Get the the best decoys you can. Use them. Put as many of them as you can. Use them to your advantage. Um, Big goose spread. How many decoys they need to run? Big goose? No, let's just say you got a yeah. You're you're hunting 500 graders. How many how many decoys I need to run? Twenty dozen. Twenty dozen. If you're hunting a uh, lessers and there's three thousand. Fifty dozen. Fifty dozen. Um, you, motion kits. Do you believe in that shit? No. Um, let's take this one at a time because you're, okay. you're glossing over a lot here. There's a lot that guys. Okay. Ungloss me. Well, you, you just you've been doing this for so long, and you're just kind of running through everything. Okay. 
when you scout the night before, find out where your birds are in your field. Find out kind of a pattern that they're in. You know, here in the wintertime, our lessers are kind of bunched together. They kind of feed in one big mass. So that's how we set our decoys. A lot of times it's just a basic U. Uh, it might look kind of like a, a circle some days. Uh, dive bomb, when they were out here in November, they flew a drone over one of our spreads. It's all over their social media. That's one of our spreads. Go look at it. Kind of, It's a basic decoy spread. Kind of like a U. One side's hooked a little bit. We had a little bit of a quartering wind. One side's a little bit open. Find out how your birds are in the field, especially for early season. If your birds are scattered out all over it in family groups, that would be how I would set my spread the next day. If they are kind of all in tight together, big bunches, that's how I would set my spread the day before. Um, I, kinda, I try to mimic as best I can what I see from my scouting session. Um, you know, if, if, if I'm hunting a riverbank, you want to make sure you got some sleepers or something. So use that, kind of look at their head position, see where the food is, you know. Are all of their heads down? Are they all feeding? Are they all sleeping? What are they doing? Scouting is where you can tell yourself what kind of spread you need to set out. If it's an aggressive feed, you're going to want more feeders out there if you can. You're going to want pockets of feeders. I've talked about this on the early days of the podcast, and, um, you know, I, 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 if I'm hunting a field, a feed, Peanuts is mainly what we hunt here. I'll set pockets of geese or pockets of, of silhouettes that are feeders, and I'll put them real tight together. That way the bird's in the air, and I'll kind of stagger their stance because I use silhouettes. So uh, we talked about earlier, birds have monocular vision. Um, so I'll kind of stagger their stance a little bit. That way, as the birds come in, you know, they're picking up all these decoys. To them, that's where the food is. That's where they want to be. I've seen it happen before. You know, the, the birds in the air see these feeding groups, and that's where they try to land. It's all about food in the wintertime, especially when it's cold out. So that's something that I like to do. I, like to, I call it the feeding frenzy. I have a lot of success with it. So I wouldn't try to do that necessarily if I was hunting a loaf somewhere where they're just kind of staging. Wouldn't do me any good. They're not fucking eating there. I'm not saying don't throw feeders out. Birds are constantly going to be pecking on the ground for whatever. But I wouldn't set a big feeding frenzy like I would if I was hunting a peanut field. Do you put the socks in the front or mix them in or in the back? I mix them in because it adds a little bit of movement throughout my decoy spread. Some guys put them in the back. Some guys put them in the front. Um, one time, one trick we did, it was January. Hunting was tough. And we put all of our silhouettes, basically we made an outline of our spread with our silhouettes, and the entire middle was just socks. We wanted the birds in the air to see all of the movement generated from the socks. And I think we did okay that day, the more and more I think about it. You put the, on the ducks, do you put the lucky ducks in the front, back, middle, where do you put them at? Wherever I want the birds to finish. So you put them in the kill hole, basically. Most of them I'll put in the kill hole. Um, you know, if you're running a half dozen, like we say you should on this podcast, on a field, I'll put 
four in the front or four in the kill hole, and then I'll kind of put another two or so upwind is usually the way that I do that. And I kind of alter the way that they're, you know, the way that they seem to be landing. Just that way it kind of gives a different spin, different different angle, different look to the birds in the air. But, you know, and that's, it's just, ducks are aggressive feeders. Ducks are constantly, you know, up and down and running and chasing, chasing somebody off. Um, so the more motion that you can create when you're duck hunting, the better. Geese are not always the same. Um, flags are important. Watch geese in the field. They're constantly getting up, stretching their wings, chasing off one another. Flags are a good way to create motion into your spread. We'll talk more about this at a later date. I want to kind of, you know, I kind of want to box myself in and just talk kind of about scouting and the pregame because I think that this is an important topic that a lot of guys gloss over for whatever reason. Everybody wants to set out decoys. Everybody wants to show everybody their new notes that they've learned over the summertime. Not everybody wants to get out, burn down the road. A lot of guys just want to text their buddy and be like, hey, remember me? That's another thing that you don't need to do. If you've got a hunting buddy, talk to him all year. You should touch base with him a long time ago. I saw a guy on Facebook that third day. He goes, oh, boy, dove season's getting here. And three of my friends have called me and they had talked yeah. to him all summer. Yeah. So if you're using him just for hunting, uh, good or bad, you might want to talk to him. April, May, June, July, and August. Yeah, I went through that about 30 years ago. You did? Oh, yeah. I had a couple of buddies of mine. That, I mean, I talked to them every once in a while, not much, but then we're right when goose season got here. Yeah. Blowing my phone up every weekend, and I fuck them. Phased them out. Yep. Yeah, it happens. And I hadn't hunted with them since. Crazy. But, I, but it just, I mean, I'm not, and I don't even remember reading what the D, I just kind of remember that I noticed that. You picked up on it? Oh, pretty quick. About the second year. I just don't know why you'd, you know, if you're good enough, if you're a good enough person to hang out with in a spread, which I, uh, I mean, you're kind of confined together. So you got to be a pretty cool person for me to want to hang out with in a goose spread or a duck blind. Like, why would you not want to talk to me? Yeah, Most of my, of the year? most of my friends, I just had a couple of guys I did it, but they were, one of them was a tight fucker and he didn't ever want to pay for nothing or do nothing he just wanted to leech off of everybody all the time and then another one i really didn't it was friends of his but they both started calling me one year and that that was i nipped that a long time ago but most of the guys that i hang out with are not guys i hunt that i'm that don't hunt anyways right you know coach still and fred didn't hunt much fred last year with this couple times loved it he bought a new shotgun now really yeah but uh what kind of shotgun i'm such a good friend i didn't even ask him Ah. i just said okay you didn't even ask He went out of his way to tell you he just got a new shotgun, excited about it, and you didn't even ask what kind? He got a new wife. I don't know her middle name. Hmm. So see? Kind of apples and oranges there, if you ask me. Well, I agree with you on that. She bought him a shotgun. Oh. I was like, oh, that's nice. She didn't ask you for a recommendation? No. She don't like me. Most of my friends' wives don't like me. Hard to believe why. Yeah, no doubt. But, uh. I've I've never my, most of my friends are not are not hunters so I've never dealt with that. Maybe they're golfers, or whatever they're just not hunters. So say you're scouting and you don't have birds in your field. Well, I have enough faith in my guides that usually I try to get the field next to it if I can't. We've done a lot of that before in our lifetime too. We don't have the place to go. We caught the field next to it. We know we're going to get the traffic first, and we've had a lot of very successful days that way. Get the field before the not just next to it. 
No, the field. Don't get out of the flight line just uh-uh. and be like, oh, well, I'm hunting the field next to it. Well, we might be a half mile away if the birds are coming from three miles away. But if it's the field that they're going over but first. But they're going over it. Yes. Yeah, That's what's important. Yeah, we've done that many times. And both places now we've hunted, well, Texas we've hunted forever. And Oklahoma now we've been there long enough that we know where places are that birds will be at. Because I can see the guy messaging us. Oh, I, I, I hunted the field next to the big feed. and Yeah. I, but if they're not flying over you, then you're fucked. Yeah. It, it doesn't it, matter if you're in the field next to it. it here, here's the thing that I, I've told some other outfitters have asked me this. And one of the first pieces of advice I give anybody that's going to be an outfitter, if you're getting paid to hunt and you're hunting seven days a week, you have to have a, a safe net, a safety net of some sort. Now, most safety nets are not slam dunk country. You'd hunt it every freaking day, but right. it's a place you can go to. Try to find you a place off of a roost lake, not the roost lake. Do not hunt the roost lake. Find a place off of the roost lake. Usually in our area, it would be to the west, the west of it, southwest, northwest, west of the roost lake. And usually you will have enough traffic that you can knock down double-digit birds, 15 to 30 birds. If you had to. If you had to. On any given day, under any circumstance, because there's things that happen. I mean, I've had the hottest field in the world, and it rained five inches, and I've not, not been able to get into it the next day. I mean, things happen. You never know what's going to happen. And I have tons of places to hunt. And guess what? We don't have nowhere to hunt. There's four hot fields and none of them are ours. And usually I'm, you know, working with another outfitter and we we swap land back and forth a lot to help each other out. But there's days that we've had to hunt traffic fields. Find you a safe place. I don't care what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't care if it's mowed grass. What it, just a place that you can put decoys if you get in the traffic. Usually you can shoot some birds. You know, especially if you have a little bit of wind. And especially ducks. Yes. You got the right amount of spinners out there. Geese you can, you know, you, geese you can also. If you've got, if you've got, if you make enough racket, if you've got a big enough spread, you can break off singles and doubles, even if you don't have the best callers on the planet. You know, you throw a spread out there, you can break off singles and doubles. If, if a regular Joe that hunts twice a week, 20 days a year maybe if he scouted with us sometimes the stuff we hunted the next morning they would be shocked yes they would be like I can't believe them fuckers are hunting here right and if we went to where they were and we scouted with them and they were like well this is all we got and what about that well I can hunt there but that's you know I've called the guy but we can hunt there why don't you hunt there they would be surprised at the places that we would hunt right so don't you know find that spot in your area that you can get to in case the birds aren't, you know, in case you don't have a slam dunk. If you can only hunt one day that, that next week and you go scouting and they're not in anything that you've got, you can at least go to this place, get a good hunt in, set your decoys out, and try to break off singles and doubles. Maybe you get a, a whole flock to, to come in. But like Jeff said, find out their flight patterns, figure out a spot that you can get to. Under any circumstance, and kill birds. That's right. That's another, you know, that's another good tip that you can put into your hat. You don't have to have. Number one, you're not going to have every hot field in your area. If you're hunting an area that's got anybody else that hunts, so there's just going to be days where you got nowhere, you got no other good options. So hunt this traffic right off of the roost. Don't hunt the roost unless it's the last day of season. Don't hunt the roost unless it's the last day of season. That's great advice. But get somewhere close to the roost 
where you can trick a couple. Those are some of my most gratifying days as a waterfowl guide. Days where wasn't a hot field. Um, and, you know, we went out there. We kind of paid attention because I'll admit, setting out a goose spread every day, there's a lot of days where I'm just like, put them wherever. Because you're hunting the X, you know, you don't have to pay as much attention to where every, you know, head position is placed. Every feeder, you don't have to worry about where every decoy with its head up is, is put. You don't have to worry about it. You're hunting the X. But the days that there weren't a lot of geese in my field, or there weren't any geese in my field, and you kind of pay attention to where you're putting the birds that are feeding, where you're putting your sleepers, or anything like that, and then when those bunches come off and you start working them with the goose call, you start working them with the flag. And then you kind of break off ones and twos and you start pounding on them a little bit. You start shooting some of those singles and doubles and smaller flocks. And then before you know it, you're at 20 birds. Those are some of my most gratifying days because I had to work so much harder for them. I had to, I had to dig so much deeper to get those. One just, oh, we're hunting the X, put decoys wherever and... Make sure your gun's loaded. There was an element to it, cat and mouse element, and I love it. Those are the good days. So, you know, just because you're having to hunt a traffic field or just because you're having to hunt a field that doesn't have any birds in it, get out there, and that's when you can try different things. That's when you can kind of break out of the box of, oh, let's just run the basic U and, you know, whatever. That's when you can try these different things. Try different goose spreads. Put your decoys, you know, just in a random pattern. Put them everywhere. Those are the days that you can grow as a waterfowl hunter. If the if the end process is to shoot a limit of birds, then you're missing out on exactly what you're doing out there. On yeah. what, I mean, shooting a limit is the icing on t- the top. Hunting, That's your goal. Hunt, but hunting and going out there. So if you learn and you, ha- and you and you have some trials and tribulations, you're still hunting. Right. It's better than being at work. It's better than whatever the hell you do. I can't think of anything that's more enjoyable than that. I mean, laying out there and listening and the cold and the wind blowing and the mist or snow and hearing ducks. No, that, that, nothing better than that damn mallard, that old whistle he kind of does. And that's the, what it's about. It's a dweeb, isn't it? And don't they call it a dweeb? I don't know what it is. But I think it, it's called a dweeb. There ain't nothing sounds better dweeb. when that comes out. Dweeb. Um, scouting imperative because like i said at the beginning of this podcast every decision that you make for your hunt is going to stem off of scouting where to set up how aggressive you're going to be on the calling well down here in texas we go we got the texas triple cluck going on so that's not a big factor to us we're going to give her what kind of spread you're going to set out how many decoys you're going to set out are you going to set out spinners are there ducks in, you know, are there ducks mixed in with the geese? Are spinners necessary? Everything, every decision is going to come off of scouting. Every one of them. So pay attention when you're out scouting because that is going to tell the story on how successful your hunt is. Stay off your phone while you're scouting too. Yes. Especially if you're riding. I'm assuming that's what you meant because you shouldn't be on your phone if you're driving. I'm talking about me having that wreck last year mm-hmm. because I wasn't paying fucking attention. 
You were texting. You weren't even paying attention to scouting. You were you were on Facebook. No, I didn't. I was talking to Justin Hill on the phone oh. when I did it. But I was looking in the sky trying to look at X and try to talk at the same time. So. Just a dumb move. Have but, a passenger. He can be your navigator. He yep. can be your eyes. But pay attention when you're scouting, okay? Maybe, you know, if you can get to a vantage point and see how the birds are in that field and you can kind of sketch out what pattern they're in, if it's a U, if it's just fucking birds everywhere, do that if you can. I do a lot. Get lo- every advantage that you can when you scout. I do a lot of setting. I'll do a lot of parking and sitting and watching. Now, once I find a field, I'll sit and watch the birds for a long time, but I like to sit and watch. Now, the boys, it wears them out in the evening scouting. We scout, we find a field, and we're going to hunt, and it's loaded up, and everything's going to it. Well, shit, after 15 minutes. Oh, I like minutes, to watch. I'm ready to go. I'm ready like, to, like to watch. watch. I, I like to watch that bitch just load up. I got calls. I got emails. I'm ready to get back to the office. We got our hunt. We're in great shape. I don't know why you do that. Just because I got so much other shit going on. Oh, it doesn't matter. Watch that bitch load up. I'll, I've seen them. Because I can't tell you how many times we, we've we've done this. Anytime we have a hot field, it seems like. Oh, there it is. You you guys know where to go? Okay, we're going. It's like, no. There's fucking, there's only a thousand birds in that field or whatever. But you see the lines coming. I like the peace of mind of knowing that every bird that should be there, went there. I sleep a lot better at night when I see that thing stack up. You're just like, oh, they were here this morning, it was loaded. <laughs> They're landing there again. Let's go Let's go over here. It's like, fuck that. Let's look at this bitch. I'm working for the next day. Well, that, right. is, that is the next day. All right, let's, 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 let's flip switches real quick. We've covered flip them. the good 101. Dove hunting, we start Sunday. Sunday. When's this coming out? Friday? Mm-hmm. So this, huh? Tomorrow. Tomorrow it's coming out. So it's on Sunday. We have to, which prediction to opening day? How many guys we got? About 60. I think we have, it's going to be average. Average. So I don't think it's going to be a barn burner. We we have not had a lot of dove here. We're starting to see more dove. Uh, had a north wind and an east wind. A real big east wind. T- Tuesday or Wednesday. What day is today? Tuesday. Today's Thursday, so it's Tuesday. Yeah. I think we're going to have an average opening. I don't think anybody's going to be blown away by as, how many dub we have. As the person that sells, the phone's going to ring. I'm going to have to agree with you completely on that. Average? I'm not gonna, oh, yeah. Nothing not, crazy? No. Just kind of everybody's going to have good yeah. hunts? 60 people will kill 600 to 700 birds probably, I guess. 10 birds per man? 10 to 12 birds per man, but I that's average. They're here for two days. Well, I'm just counting the first day. You're just counting for it, just opening day. Yeah, opening day. I figured the second day you can't ever tell. I've seen second day when we pick up more birds, and I, I t- I've had two different reports. I got one buddy of mine. It's an outfitter. Said he's picked up a lot of birds, but he's got a couple of fields that don't have nothing in them that normally are covered. Right. So we're gonna say his is gonna be about average also, and then the other guy that I talked to, he's looking at below average. Really? Yeah. So. I, average is probably I think it's gonna, gonna be, be the norm. I don't th- I don't think anybody's gonna be like, Oh dang, this is the most amount of dove I've ever seen. No. I don't think it's gonna be that. I think everybody's gonna you know, I think the hunters will probably shoot their birds. Yes, that's they always, always do. I think the guys that, you know, don't really know what they're doing, I think they probably kill five five to seven. The guy that comes in day. here on opening day usually his shoulders purple. I had a guy one time, his purple his shoulder was all fucking bruised up. I mean, and it was from his elbow up i mean he was shooting all down his arm and shit i'm like god I'm, i touched his arm he's like oh i was like shit he goes oh 
I said, how many boxes of shells did you shoot? Seven and a half. Ooh. How the fuck do you shoot seven and a half boxes of shells to get 15 birds? Ooh, I'm not horrible. even that bad. I don't think nobody's going to have an opportunity to shoot seven and a half boxes of shells this weekend. So I'm, I'm with you on average. It's gonna, it's, and I think it's going to be that way everywhere in North Texas. There's going to be some guys that will probably, you know, what, what, what you get into is you got a group of four guys on their lease. Well, hell, we didn't have no trouble killing when well, you're killing 60 birds. Right. You know? But there's going to be some guys that'll have some barn burners. There's going to be some guys that ain't going to kill very many. It's just a weather pattern. And, and it's hot again. Yeah, we need another. It's supposed to cool down. It's supposed to be like 84. And now it's up to going to be like 96. Yeah. So it's going to be a warm, hot, warm, or it's going to be a hot opening day. Keep uh, those dogs. Yep. Keep, keep them your, in the truck. Keep your dogs at home, basically, is what you should do. I know you're not going to listen because you know more than we do. And that's fine because I'm damn sure not a dog expert. I'm just telling you, I hate to see you. Get a dog hot and have a heat stroke or twisted gut. Everybody starts in Canada also on the uh, first. Got a lot of guys. Their headed, birds are moving early. Headed up there. So um, if you're guiding in Canada this year, if you're hunting in Canada, if you've already started waterfowl hunting, I know some people have, uh, stay safe up there. Keep it legal. Do not get thrown in a Canadian jail. But stay safe. Get home safe. You know, everybody's got a family that they got to go back home to. And that's kind of the... The overall theme of hunting is, you know, everybody's got somebody to go back to. So, dove season, I think, is probably one of the most dangerous seasons. Yeah, drinking. As far as accidents. Too many people drinking. Well, and I think people kind of crowd each other and move around quite a bit and take dumb shots. And a lot of people that that don't hunt any other time of year come hunt this one time. So I think um, if you are out this season, make sure you're taking ethical shots. Don't ring your buddy's ear. Pay attention to where everybody's at. Um, You know, and if you see somebody moving and they get a little bit close to you, make sure they know you're there. You might be hidden so well, somebody might move in and not even know that you're there. Just be safe out there. Um, Don't go overboard with with the beer and whiskey out in the dove field. Wait, you know. Have a couple in the in the field, that's fine, but do not get blasted out there and try to hunt. I mean, that's just asking for major, major issues. Major issues. So stay safe. Everybody's hunting this weekend. I know everybody's excited. I hope everybody has a great opener, whether you're hunting dove or ducks and geese up in Canada, whatever. Hope everybody has a great opener and gets home safe. People people get dumb on opening day for whatever reason. I think they just they're so excited to be out there. They just get stupid for whatever reason. All right. People, I'm going to end this for both of us. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll have three shows next week. We'll also have our first football pick of the week, and we're going to have a guest picker every week pick the games with us. Yep. So I am looking forward to that. I I, I, like, I think I'm going to beat all the ex, all these uh, guests. Well, you can't beat them in our football league, so maybe you can get them on the other deal. Well, I beat you at the pick last year. Oh, well, that's not – I'm not an expert either. And I think this year – we need to have an upset of the week, and I think it needs to be worth two points. Oh, that sounds good to me. Really? Yep, I'm good with that. Okay. All right, thank you all for listening. God bless you all. Have a great, great, safe weekend.